This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. Uh, a refreshing change. Uh, both our teams had a win for the first time. Well, I mean, the Broncos haven't had a win since like round eight last year. So it's definitely been, pro- it's probably been 12 solid months since we both had a win on the same weekend. Yeah, it's, um, feels good. Feels good to be back to the winner's circle, you know, above the storm and the table where we belong. That's very funny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, on the brink of a finals entrance. Yeah. You know, Kevolution's underway. Kevolution's was, back, baby. You know, that was a Bulldogs team with a representative back line. You've got, you know, starting Queens, origin fullback. Starting origin fullback. Starting New South Wales centre. Exactly. Well, he played right. in the wing in origin, but did. You know, center for the there's, Bulldogs. There's but... a, a experienced origin captain in that side. Like that's, that's a team scattered with. Coached by an origin player as well. Exactly so right. Just, son, um... son of a former coach who's got experience at both pre-premiership winners like the Sharks and the Roosters. Yeah, it was a real, it, real tough a, contest. A, it was a strong side that we really took it to. So I'm feeling yeah, good. absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, we may as well start there because I mean, you haven't been, you haven't had a chance to go to Broncos win on here since, for like literally almost an entire year. So. Yeah, um, look, I thought your boy Professor Hubert Farnsworth was fantastic. I was shocked he didn't get a Dally M point. Um, didn't he? I, I swear <laughs> I, I read that he didn't. I, I swear. I don't I usually, think he did. I usually look at the Dally M points. I swear I read. Today. I swear I read something on Twitter today. There was people outraged that he didn't get one, but I might have misread something. I don't know. Are you kidding? Because he got like the, he got the Broncos man of the match, right? Like the, the okay. one they give out. Um, so I'm not sure, but um, you, I'll, I'll, you look that up while we keep talking. But yeah, yeah. um. I thought you guys were really good. I thought you were very direct. I thought the forward pack kicked the shit out of the Bulldogs. Um, Tom Dearden certainly helped. Um, he didn't get one, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Good. No, Should- but I could give you 10 guesses on who got one point. You'd probably get it wrong. Was it the best player from the Bulldogs? Adam Elliott. Yes. But I wouldn't say he's the best of <laughs> the Bulldogs. But it's like... They scored zero points, 24-0, never looked like scoring. Hey, he did make a line break and then throw the ball six metres forward to Kyle Flanagan to bomb a try, but um, that's oh funny. My. I wish I didn't look now. Like, Sarko got I didn't, three. I genuinely didn't know that. I wasn't setting up for that. Yeah, no. Sarko got three. I can cop that. Coates got two. And that's Coates fine, did score but... two tries, but it's like, mate, <laughs> as you said, Hubert Farnsworth was probably the best player on the field. It's because the breaks he made didn't end in tries. doesn't mean he didn't make do those great things he did. Yeah, well, Adam Elliott got a point for a break that didn't end into a try. Yeah, so, oh, well. Yeah, um, yeah look, I-, I thought you guys were really good, but more just there's, you got to be already pretty worried if you're a Bulldogs fan. That's They haven't scored a point in two weeks. So if you take away the first half an hour against the Knights, so they've played five halves, five and a bit halves of football, and in that time, they've scored eight points. I mean, we spoke about this in the past with the Dogs, and obviously we're trying to be positive on the Dogs season preview because the Dogs fans listen to those, but... This organization kicks the can down the road. Like, as you said, that nobody got sacked by like the coach as if they would somehow fix the problems there. But they still just have never fi- sorted this roster over the last couple of years. They just haven't fixed it. They made some good signings in the last year or two. But they still haven't fixed the forward pack, still haven't signed a hooker. And again, in this game, it does like anyone knows Corey Allen is not the type of fullback who's going to go to a bad team and perform. Everybody knows this, right? I feel like if you watch him play, he do, he's a bit of a flat track bully, which is fine. Whatever. He could go kill it at a decentish side. But, Origin hero, but yeah, go on. Not great. Cottridge, again, on that money, not fantastic. But then you look at the pack, and it's like Renault for Tony and Adam Elliott, I'd feed, and maybe I'd feed off Hickey Ogden. And like Dylan Napa, they're already trying to swap him now after turning it down with Matt Burton. Like, I can't believe terrible. they turned that down. And it's not surprising after how well Matt Burton played on Thursday night that Penrith are going to be holding on to him for the rest of the year. Yeah, but... ridiculous. Well, that's it. Penrith are trying to win a premiership, mate. So they'll keep yep. Burton because it was exactly the reason he came in and they won. Yep. Exactly why they're not letting him go. We'll move on to that game once we finish talking yeah. about this one, though. So yeah. is there any, like, what, what about the Broncos? In, like, I, I guess, I mean, you've preached about Dearden all offseason. And obviously, I, I took the piss out of you a little bit saying, oh, well, obviously, Brodie Croft is better if he's being named in first grade, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you commented that the boys really got around him when he scored that try as well. It's clear that he should be there for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, it's, it's this game. I feel like it was that the first half was played by two teams afraid of losing that game. And I think the Broncos were more than aware of what was at stake for them. Like they, they looked like they didn't want to, they didn't want to lose. They weren't really playing that, that great, not playing poorly. They were going over the Bulldogs, but there was no confidence in their attacking movements. 
in that first half. And then when they cracked them, they cracked them open and they looked, then also they're throwing the ball around and it looked quite easy for them. But there is those moments again in that first half when that's happening, there's just nobody in this Brisbane side that goes, boys, look at me. I'll follow me. I'll do this. This is what we're doing, guys. Don't worry. Oh, you know, go in there first receiver, do a few things, whatever. There's no one doing that. And we already know Anthony Milford can't be that man. But we know in games like this game, if Milford's not being that man, he still can do second phase play like he did, some nice things like that, some great kicks, bombs he put up like he did in this game that set up some attacking raids. That's still there. They look at the other seven, and everyone knows my thoughts on Brody Croft, but it's at the point now, in back-to-back weeks, he's been sledged by Thurston and Anasta. And like, and Andrew they, Johns. They don't like sledging them. No. What did, Andrew, what did Andrew Johns say uh, in that in that story of mine that you screenshotted without credit? Um, yeah. He said he doesn't look like a halfback or something like that. Yeah, which, um, which we all seem to know, but he doesn't look like a halfback. But, it's, but you're right, it's weird, to, it's, it's weird to see these guys coming after current players because they just never do it. Yeah, especially, and they never go after the halves. They never do, like, guys like... Apart from Ben Hunt. Apart yeah, from Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you, you know, you'll hear in the past, you'll hear, like, Brett Finch will be commentating a game or something, and a guy will put the kick out in the full, and he'll go, oh, don't worry, I did worse in my day, all that kind of stuff. They'd always excuse half, halves' errors. But in this game, like... It, those guys are getting frustrated by his lack of direction. And Anasta was saying the same thing. Like he's predetermining what he's doing. He doesn't, doesn't provide any direction. And he does, and he didn't do that. But what I found interesting after the game was, was Kevy talking about it in the press conference. And Kevy did say that he'd actually planned on bringing on Tom Dean before halftime, but he didn't want to put the pressure on him to be the match winner. Like, he, you know, it's not on his shoulders to go out there and win this game for them. So that, you know, maybe explains it might be coming this week to change. I don't know what they did the first few rounds with this slow transition. I think it's obvious everyone did into better player. And the way, like, when he came on the field, the crowd cheered. When he scored, like, 15 of the boys piled on him. He's so clearly like, the guy everybody wants to be the halfback. So I don't know what the thinking was to, to get to this point. But I'm, uh, I'm hoping that next week's it. It's a tough matchup. But there were some good signs in this thing. I think the most surprising thing for me as a Brisbane fan this year is that, like, the Wonder Five have been pretty good. Yeah. Like, like uh, David Mead... You know, Corey Oates is not taking his job unless Mead gets injured. Like Mead's been one of our best over three games. Uh, uh, Herbie Farmer, that you said, mate, he um he's getting more confident by the week. Beats his man one on one quite often, and he might have set two or three tries up in this game if one of those single spine players knew how to support through the middle. Coach is a special talent we've got to hold on to. Then Jermaine Asako in this game. I mean, he's had issues with with the high ball and diffusing kicks throughout most of his career, but he was all over the park in this game. And then I'd heard he'd been told all week by Kevy just to run and just do his thing. And exactly yeah. what he did in this game, set two or scored a try and set one up. And just, you can see the small things that Kevy's not a brain genius, not going to be an amazing coach, but small things like belief in a player can let Jermaine do that stuff again. Cause we didn't see that under Seabold and anyone who watched him play could see he was nervous and he got dropped a few times. And the last time we saw him do that kind of movement as he did when he scored the first try this game was when he scored the match winner against the Roosters. Yeah. And on the Bulldogs side, like you, you you mentioned before that we tried to be positive in the pre, we had Neil on here. I agree with him. I grew up in that area. Like it's good for that area. It's a different buzz and a different vibe around Canterbury Bankstown when the dogs are good. And mm. it's just sad to see them be this shit for so long. And, but they were absolutely dominated by a team who themselves had been, you know, well beaten, the previous week and like that like that bomb try that Kyle Flanagan and Adam Elliott had, that was their only line break. They were out earned in post contact meters by nearly 200 meters. Um, it, it just felt like it was just one of those typical turgid Bulldogs performances where every time, especially Kyle Flanagan got the ball, like there was, it was a, it was just a, one of those, you know, every kick was straight to the man. There was no variations. There was nothing exotic or exciting about what they did late in tackle counts. It was as stereotypically last couple of years Bulldogs as yeah. a, as a, a game as I can remember. Yeah, and just the worst part of it though is that they'd have some games those couple of years and they'd be tough. They'd feel tough in them and they'd make you earn your win. We didn't have to earn this win. Like we kept dropping that ball in that first half. We opened that was the a, door. one of the worst halves of you guys were good in the second half. Yeah. It was enjoyable, but for, that was one of the worst halves of football I've ever watched that first half. It was yeah. awful. And that, I think it's fair enough saying that, mate. Like the, the Bulldogs gave up set restarts. I have no idea, by the way. Again, I don't understand this rule. I'm a stupid old man on this now. But there were they gave away 
what was it? Two, four and four tackles. I can't remember. Or two and four tackles on their line. Another one or two right at the start of the game, and nothing gets. No one gets binned. They don't get simbin. They don't get warned. We drop the ball after all of them. Yeah, but that's it's, thing. All, they, it's all they, very they got off very easy in that first half, only being down two 0 The Broncos bombed lots of opportunities, and they didn't come back out firing. And it's another thing I also enjoyed in Kevy's press conference is that he said that when we got into the sheds, we we talked about X Y D what had to do, and then he went and said. And they went out in the field and they executed. They did it. They won this game. And I know it sounds like nothing to most people listening to this podcast, but for two goddamn years, we didn't hear any the one the guy sitting in that press conference credit anybody but himself. And it was really nice to hear him talk about the team, not just about me, me, me. But yes, back to those Bulldogs. You think Jake Avarillo just doesn't belong in that six jersey? It's bizarre. And- he showed good flashes last year at the back end of the year. I don't understand that. I was excited to see him get that chance. I thought he might be able to do something, especially knowing that Matt Burton is the de facto number six next year, that but we haven't seen it. I don't know what they do. Yeah. Well, Can they put him in the centers or something? But then they got Hop White in. I don't know. The big, that's a big the problem mess. they have, mate. Like coming next year, like you, you add into this this team, you add in Burton and Addo Carr. And that is a really, like, I'm not a Cough Lanning fan. Everyone knows that listens to this. Never been but, a fan of his. But the one to six is really good yeah. then. You got but, Alan, Meany, Hop White, Cottridge, Addo Carr, Burton. That's quite but, good. And also, would Henny Lesniak still there? Yeah. He's missing this game. Like, that's really solid. Some One of those guys has to miss the first grade side or get moved on. But then you go back to the pack. They still haven't signed a hooker. There was that rumor they signed Brandon Smith. That hasn't come to fruition. If they get him. But even then, like, Storm fans are already calling for his head after two weeks. So who knows? But obviously, yeah, he's an upgrade but, on Jeremy Marshall yeah. King, who has just yeah. had a million chances at this level now. And I know um, they've got Luke Thompson coming back. but That, that will help. Dylan, but... I, not, I wouldn't feed Dylan Arthur. But you look at it again, it's like, okay, well, they still haven't recruited anybody in the pack worth their salt. Like, I think Adam Elliott's actually become a better player than I thought he could be. I thought he was good in this game. but I forgot Joe Stimson oh. played for them. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, there's Joe Stimson. But, um, Riley Jackson forwards. Like, I don't yeah. know why anyone thought he'd be anything, but I, I uh, went off for Tony. That's about it. Off the yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, if, I know weird things happen in that Good Friday game, so I'm not going to get too confident. But if South's yeah. a fair dinkum, they'll put, they'll put yeah. a cricket score on them. Before we move on, I want to credit in the Broncos. I never thought I'd say this, but I think Reese Kennedy and Ben Teo deserve to keep their spots when Payne Haas and Matt Lodge come back this week. Okay. I think Reese Kennedy in his two 20-minute stints has been exceptional the last two games, brought a lot of energy, had like 15, what is he, 12, 15 metres of run at the moment, really pushed his line speed. And then I, I would drop Bullmore, Carrigan, and Flegler before I dropped those two. And I, right. I believed in Flegler for a long time, but he just hasn't kicked on as I liked him to. His def- effort and defence isn't there. And I, it's notable when it's not Pangai, Kennedy, or Teo that none of those guys are pushing up. So um, yep. I would get rid of them. Sorry, I'd keep them over those three, depending who you want to drop, go ahead. And I also want to give Alex Glenn a wrap for the first time in years again. I think that's three games in a row now. He's had real good games. He had 15 runs out of 47 meters in this game, but he, he chases every kick, leads the kick chase. And it's just, it's just bizarre seeing these old guys turn back the clock. Just shows just how miserable they all were the last couple of the years. But I thought I think Glenn's doing a real good job as a captain. Even though he might lose the next six on the trot, I think he's had, he's actually leading from the front now. Yeah. Uh, Matt Burton will be there next year, but right now he's playing a starring role for the Penrith Panthers in what was a brilliant last 15 minutes of that game. I thought he was fantastic. Best player on the field, probably. And hopefully that shuts up the fucking idiots who are calling for Penrith to release him a, a year early for the rest of the year. Yeah. It just doesn't benefit them at all. If they... Teams only do that when they don't need that player or if they bet something in return or similar. But They're trying to win a premiership. And you win you win premierships by finishing near the top of the ladder and getting a good draw in the finals. And you win and you finish high on the ladder by winning your games. And having Matt Burton there to step in when someone like Nathan Cleary can't play is very helpful. Because who are they do they win this game if he's not there and it's Tyro May and, and no. Luai in the halves? Probably not. So I don't know. I, I really hope that's the last we hear of this. And obviously today with that news that the Bulldogs have now tried to get that player swap done early and Penrith have said no. I think that is probably the last we'll hear of this tedious discussion for the rest of the year. Yeah, I do think Burton's going to be the better player than Luai, but I, I do think Luai also belongs in this team a bit more than Burton does. So they've probably made the right call there. But he's one of those ones, like we see this all the time, there'll be ex-young half is off contract and like 15 clubs will try and sign him. And then when Matt Burton came off, like let's talk about his move. There was like no market. We spoke about this in the offseason. It was like, how is it only the Bulldogs? How is there not like seven or eight clubs queuing up for this guy? It's a year down the track. How like how is there no interest? So you look at now that this offseason there'll be 
Manly but, would Manly would kill for him. Yeah. Like, Manly, the Tigers. I mean, maybe the Roosters at this point. With yeah. Uh, you look up at the Cowboys if the Michael Morgan retires or Clifford's already gone, they'd kill for him. Like the the Titans might move on Ash Taylor. Like there's, I mean, Brisbane might need a six. Who knows? There's a massive market for him, and he's just going to the Dogs. And hopefully, it does oh, help them. But yeah, this game, um, brilliant finish. Uh, I have to say though, your boy Justin Olam, what's he doing? I mean, we 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 haven't brought Drobalagas Hunt back, but we almost did just for this moment. Oh mate. Pass the ball. And then the best part was Josh Adokar knows Olam hasn't scored and still has to sell the try celebration afterwards while simultaneously in his head thinking, why the fuck did you not pass me the ball? That's the best thing because he, he he runs in to push Olam to the ground, which already means you know he knows he didn't score because he's trying to force him to force a ball down. And the referee comes over, he does the fake celebration, turns up, throws his hands in the air, celebrates to the crowd. And then immediately when the boys get there, he turns around and he goes like, nah, you fucked it. He's like shaking his head. <laughs> he, certainly goes, he, says, he goes, oh, mate. You'd see him saying, mate, shaking his head and, st- <laughs> and he's furious. But yeah, he's like, I don't mind the back yourself thing sometimes, but there was so much cover defense coming. He did the right thing by straightening up, but all would take two or three steps, draw stains a little and then pop it and you win the game. Yeah. And he wanted the glory and fair play to kick out for like, he's milking a penalty for like 30 seconds and That's then the gets up and saves a try. A man who's not known for his defense. It's fantastic. I mean, not just his effort to save it, obviously, but the 700, the swarming horde of Panthers that came across to make that tackle at the end. I mean, that was, that was so funny. Like, like when you, it's like when you toggle the overload ball side feature on FIFA, like they had like, 12 guys on the right-hand side when Kickout took that dive, and then suddenly they're all sprinted across the field to the left. Um, but yeah, that's probably twice. That's Olam's basically bonded the game for them twice in two weeks now. Yeah, I mean, the last one wasn't obviously a clear it's not as bad, opportunity, but, but still, he kicked why the did you away. kick it? Yeah, yeah, not great. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if Craig's the kind of guy to drop him on that, but nah. geez, you'd be, you'd be thinking about it. Uh, like, not, not, not a good effort, but I mean, the, the thing about we're forgetting about this is like, this, the Storm have got away with playing a bench of Chris Lewis, Darren Shawnee. I, I forget how to say that properly. And like him and Tyson Smoothie. Smoothie. Yeah. And they started like Nico Hines, I like, but without Paps as well. Like they weren't a strong team. Tom Eisen, who started in the back row, like they were down on troops. And that just shows you the quality of this side still that even down on troops, they, they probably should have won this game in Penrith, even though they're missing Nathan Cleary. But, you know, just. It's good to see that despite my disgust for these new rules, we still have great games like this. Still, they still happen. You can't. You, there's nothing. You can't stop rugby league. I mean, you still can't stop it. There's still great, fantastic games like this. They'll still happen, even though there's some stinkers over the weekend. We still get these occasionally to make me forget about the stinkers. Yeah, um, yeah, brilliant game. Um, there's some problems. Dylan Edwards being out's big for. Penrith. Yeah, a month out. It'll be interesting to see what they do there, reshuffle wise. Uh, do you? Do you think about Tyrone May back there? Do you put Brian Toto back there? What do you do? Matt Burton I think, even? I think like, you put Stephen Crichton back there. Okay. And um, when Brent Naden, is he this week or next week he's allowed back? But when Brent Naden's allowed back, you put Naden in and then you put Stephen Crichton at fullback. That's what I think, but I'm not sure what they'll do. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised that, like by then just wanting to keep Crichton in that combination with kick out and putting someone else back there. I mean, they seem to love giving Tyron May a run, so it could be maybe Tyron May plays fullback or May plays centre when Crichton goes to fullback. Yeah, for sure. Um, Penrith, I'm sorry, Melbourne, I'm sorry. Uh, Again, I don't think you can really worry until we see what they're like with Harry Grant because he was going to be the starting hooker anyway. But, I mean, I don't think anyone's pouring pouring one out for the Storm at one and two, and they've lost two close games against two of the best five or six teams in the comp. And they were missing... Pappenhausen, Fanukin, Harry Grant, uh, uh, Felice Kafusi, like the list keeps going. Uh, uh, Kamakamika played, sorry, we're missing another forward, whatever. Anyway, they're missing a lot of troops. They're just yeah. good at covering that up. People forget that they are. Like, but they played really well, and so did Penrith. It was a cracking game. And, uh, you know, as you know, now it's revenge. Penrith are now the premiers from last year. Yep, that's that's true. They're the, the, <laughs> wait, no, aren't Parramatta the champions? Because they were the first person to beat. Yeah. They are the, they're now the lineal champions. That's, that's how it works. And I tell you um, what, Kurt Capel's getting paid this offseason, isn't he, mate? Yeah, big time. Um, but, you know, winning the premiership's nice and all, but it's no Ron Coote Cup, is it? And the boys uh, kicked the absolute shit out of the Roosters on Friday night. Um there was a Manly Dragons game before that, but such frivolities will not yeah. be. Didn't know. Yeah, don't worry about uh. it. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, 
speaking to someone who works at a club earlier in, in the off season, who should remain nameless, and they said, I think Latrell's probably going to win the Dalian this year. He's going to have a huge season. And that was Wayne Bennett. It was actually, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, no, it was Adam Reynolds. But um, uh, he's he was outstanding. He was so good. I'm so happy. Him and Cody Walker just shutting the critics up. They're the two best players on the park by a country mile. South didn't try in the second half. It was like one of those classic storm games where the storm get up by a million and don't even try in the second half. I, I'm not worried about the final score. It was not a 10 point game. Everybody knows it wasn't a 10 point game. Real big statement win for the, for the boys. Yeah. I feel like my most commonly eaten dish in rugby league season is the Trump Mitchell pie. And I've been served another platter of it this off season. I doubt he's, he's moved to fullback. Like I've doubted him many other times, like the moron I am. And, uh, he has been exceptional this year at fullback. It turns out putting on more weight was the answer because he's thick as ever, but he's somehow fit. And you can definitely see he's enjoying his footy, which is the main thing for the troll. It always has been getting all over the park, using his ball skills and actually being active on the other side of the ball. That's the big difference. That was my big doubt about the troll at fullback was when he was just walking when another team had possession He's active now. He's trying to get to kicks and defuse them. He's trying to start your stats well. And he's actually, you know, he's not carrying the ball eight times a game. You know, he only had 12 touches, carries in this game. But, you know, he's getting up over 10 a game now, working harder. How many touches did he have? Do you know? I'll I'll quickly grab his receipts. But he was, he's touched 20, 26 times, which I think he touched it more. But what he does now, when he goes on that left-hand side, as we know, mate, like that, Throw to pass or run. He he draws bodies in, and the and he can pass better than he you know better than most fullbacks in the competition from right to left. And there's you know if he gives the ball to Cody Walker, there's basically they're probably the two best guys in the comp in that in that position in that part of the field. Yeah, that on that left edge with ball in hand, and they play next to each other. It's terrifying if you're a defense. I don't know how you stop it. Yeah, I um I don't know. Like, you don't ever go right just to come back left, hey. You just go, we'll go right just Waste to set time. a play the blow. The, the try they scored in the right was a complete fluke. Like, poor old Josh Mansell. It's probably going to be his only try this year. But <laughs> um, because that was off. Of, I think someone, I think a rooster, a rooster knocked a ball down or something, yeah. and then they picked up the rebound and flung it out to him. But anyway, um, Joy Arrow, fantastic. Cam Murray, fantastic. Kayon Kolomatangi, fantastic. Ginger Totola, um, Mark Nichols got a Dalian point. That was cool. Um. <sighs> The forward pack looks really good. And we said last year, the whole knock was our one middle short. Mm. And people laughed. People scoffed. People mocked when I said Jairo was a top 10 middle. But uh, if you name me nine middles that are playing better than him right now, I'd love to hear it. I really would. Yeah. Well, uh, I do think, and guys like, I mean, we mentioned him in the past, but I thought Patrick Margot was a good signing. Yeah. And he's taken a while to get going, but that's a fine guy to play 15 minutes off the end of the bench. But yeah, just uh, team the team hum from kickoff and the Roosters slowly fell apart. The first of the warning signs this weekend with uh, what the rule change is likely coming. But it started in this game. But you guys absolutely trampled them. And it does feel like in this in the rivalry, you've got a bit of wood over him right now. I mean, that's a massive win. And then the, st- the massive first half on this game, it feels like there's a bit of fear. Um, yeah, since... Uh, since since Link was on the television in that South Roosters game, I think South have outscored the Roosters by 70. And since... Uh, Conlan Franca was born. South's about scored them by about 90. So going good. Yeah. Going um, real good. I, the Jairo stuff, I thought the Roosters aren't often a stupid side. <laughs> but, but during the week, Ando, good friend of the show, Ando, messaged me saying, what do you think about the Roosters wanting to get back at Jairo? And I said to him, well, they're not dumb enough to do that. And he's like, oh, no, Robbo's already spoken about it. I'm like, yeah, he are, did. are you kidding me? <laughs> so anyway, they went back in this game to get back at Gyro for Tedesco and Origin, and it showed, and it was costly, and it was stupid. And it, it like Hargreaves had his worst game in years. He had one of those games where people question his future in first grave. There's a story today, like, will he be dropped? Which he yeah. won't be, but fuck. And, and then Daniel Daniel Fafida comes on. That's <laughs> that, like, what are you doing? You absolute at coward. least hit him properly if you're going to do that. Like, because that definitely didn't hurt him. No. Um, and him, like, he got. I know people are saying oh, one week is a disgrace. Of, by the way, he got under their skin, and it worked. Like, got lots of dumb calls that went his way from those morons coming off the bench and giving away penalties, making yeah. mistakes. I, I'd love to know why that. I don't. I, t- tell me if I'm being biased here, but I'd love to know how that's not a send off. Like, it's one thing when two blokes square up and one punches the other one in a brawl. I think it's entirely another when a guy's tackled, faces in the dirt, and someone dog shots him in the back of the head. Why yeah, is that not a send-off? I think it's a send-off too, mate, because um, it's not about how hard he hit him. He still punched him in the back of the head. 
You like, can't even do to... that in sports where you're supposed to punch people in the head. Like you're not allowed to punch people in the back of the head in the UFC or boxing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, look if Fafita does that and then he gets 10 minutes. But that like, there was a little bit when the Roosters, they got into half time. If they got in down like, like the 18 tries, I think it was. No, no, if they got in down just oh, if they, tries, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they might've had a chance to break would have stopped, let them refresh. But Fafita does that moronic punch in the back of the head. You guys score again. Yeah. That's it. The game was over, and then you scored in the 45th minute, and then it was dead. They came back, as you said, doesn't matter at that point. But the, I think the worst thing for Roosters fans, they wouldn't give a shit about the result. Yeah, let's Obvious get on to the big worst story. worst news yeah. is Luke Keary done for the year. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Almost uh, worse was the uh, the an assessment of the injury. This was very <laughs> funny. I'm watching the game, and I'm at work, so I'm like, like writing stuff about the game or whatever. And on the broadcast, they go, yeah, we've just been told that uh, it's not – it's not his. It's not a knee injury. It's hamstring related. And then, no joke. Ten seconds later, you message me and go, "Trent Robertson's just said Luke Curie's done his ACL." So I'm like, "Ah, okay." Ten yeah. seconds apart. Those two bits of information. Yeah, and even the great Gordon Tallis diagnosed it as not a hamstring with his special analysis of he didn't grab at his leg fast enough. So even he knew, but not many others apparently. But yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. I do just remember then another bit of commentary this week, and I'd like to discuss. Not from this game. We'll get back to this. Was game. it? Was it Rabs calling da- Cody Walker Dane Gagai? It was not. Okay. It was after Jermaine Asako's try. Dane oh. Dane called it an ankle breaker, and then after it, he goes, "Now for the older people at home, he didn't actually break his ankles. That's a term that 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 they use at NBA." Thanks, Dan. It's like so. Next time they say you gave him a bath, they're going to go like. What? Now, those of you at home, he didn't actually scrub him before the game. It's a thing the children are saying about Yeah, when he bombed a try, he didn't actually <laughs> explode the football with an explosive. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I heard. It was, was like, is this, what is this, a parody? Like, now, now that has been around listeners. in the NBA for ages, by the way, but whatever. Could you okay. imagine though, someone at the home on the couch like, thank God, I thought he'd oh. snapped both his feet. <laughs> um, his Good to yeah. hear from Corey. Uh, oh. Anyway, yeah, I feel great. Um, <laughs> but we'll look, say the, the the boys look really good. I'm they, really I feel really bad for Luke Keary, and I think the Roosters' season's probably done. Yeah, I mean, I think they're good enough. They'll still hang around. They'll finish like eight. six now, and yeah, yeah, probably bow out in the second week of finals. Well, something. Things I don't like know. this is, is obviously not. This is why they didn't think they go back to back because this luck doesn't stay stay fit for two years in key positions, and they didn't fully stay fit. They still had injuries, but. Losing Luke Curie for the year. Curie's so big. Like, if it was just Lachlan Lamb, you could get through it. But now they're going to be looking at, at least for the next month, because Lamb got hurt as well. It's going to be what? Sam Walker and and maybe Suwali or the or Volcano or... Yeah, um, Sam like if Volkman gets yeah. like, promoted. Ronald Volkman there. I don't think so. It's like, maybe it's going to be Joseph Marnie It'll gets be moved in there. Like Drew, uh, What's his name? Drew Hutchinson. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I don't know. What they're not great. Do. And if you move Manu there, then you just suddenly lose one of the five best centers in the comp as well. So yeah, it's, um, yeah. and I think they'll hang around that eight, but the Kiri loss, a cut, last few years, they would have coped with it a little better. And they have coped with that when he, when he was out with concussion because they had Cooper Cronk, but you've got to add in that it's likely Boyd Cordner isn't playing this year as well. So missing him and Kiri, yeah, that's already two ones. Lachlan Lamb gone, so it means if even if Sam Wilhall comes in as the star, I believe he will be. There's someone else to play there, and he's still young. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel sorry for them, and it it is unfortunate. I mean, feeling sorry for the Roosters is rare for me, but it's this is a team that is not a young side. Yeah, like they're on the precipice. Like you've got guys like Morris and Morris might be there last season. Hargraves is finally slowing down. You know, as you already mentioned, Cordner's injuries and similar. And Jake Friend might not be there much longer. It's, you know, it's unfortunate for those guys. They've had their yeah. success though, I guess. I've got to shout out, but I keep forgetting to do this. Lindsay Collins has become a player. Did not think it was capable of him becoming. He's here. really good. There's a shame he got cast as well, but thank, apparently yeah. he's okay. So yeah, mate. that's good news for them at least. Uh, but hey, it shows that uh, they were right to allow Suwali to play early because he's probably actually going to have to play now. So yeah, that's exciting, 100%. at least. Um, game of the round in the nation's capital. Um, uh, 34-31 to the Warriors. Biggest comeback in club history. Uh, friend of the show, Nick Camden's not talking to me after I texted him saying the boys are home when it was 31-14. to Um Yeah, great great touchdown pass by Cody Nicarima to Ben Murdoch-Masilla. Um 
what a performance. And it was so brave from the Raiders to play basically an entire game without a bench pretty much. They lost three guys in the first 12 minutes, which you very rarely see. And then they Curtis Scott playing busted as well. And he got ran through for that last try. Um, but incredible performance from the Warriors. I first want to ask you, you watched Graham Annesley's press conference today for work. What did he say about the forward pass? So he said, um, so he said that basically um, they looked at it and it was forward, but then he obviously said the same things they always say about um, yeah. look at technology. <laughs> yeah. He said, Oh, you know, they did that. We're going to look at having a trial technology. Maybe we'll do it at triases. But he said, he said, um, he said, you know, there's been discussions many times about forward passes, camera angles. He said, the decision has been reviewed by the referee department and uh, by Jared Maxwell and they believe it's a forward pass. He just said, yeah, we put our hand up. We're sorry. And, you the- know, but that's the no. thing, right? I, Every week. I, I don't, but I, I don't care that they got this wrong because to err is to be human, Mitchell. And when the bunker makes mistakes, that is rightfully hammered by everyone, and it should be. But when a referee in the moment makes a mistake, and this was an absolute howler by your boy, Henry Perrineau, don't get me wrong, but again, it's just a mistake. And it's unfortunate, I mean, and it's really bad one, and he should probably be dropped for it. And I mean, he was only refereeing this game because Matt Shekin fell ill before the game, but... Yeah, it might be it might literally be the worst ever forward pass I've seen not called. The worst thing about it was he stopped. That was the thing. Oh, actually, he's mentioned he did address that as well. He said that Perinara stopped because he the ball was coming back towards him and he was worried he was going to get involved in the play if he kept running. But that, that seems feels like conf- that feels but like yeah. an after the fact excuse. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, crazy call so far forward. But you know, they still have to score two more tries after that. So yes. and, and they, they also had meters in that last set. So Two of us are Sheck's best game in a Warriors jersey. I've His second half was that. unbelievable. Cup capped off with that try save. That's one of the best try savers I think I've ever seen. It was so yeah. good. Punching the ball out of Rapana's arms right on the on the bell. And that, that pirouette he pulled, he hadn't pulled something like that in a long time. He was fantastic in that half. And then this like the Warriors, are they not the a downhill running team galore? Like once they got going, once the Raiders were gassed. It was, yeah, as long as enough time on the clock, they were catching them. And there was. I yeah. felt sorry for Curtis Scott because he was doing some things. He was taking shortcuts out there. Like the, the second last try they scored, him knowing he was busted, he just shot up past the ball and hoped he could shut something down. And then the last try, they ran at him as well. They and ran he's like, through and, him, he, yeah. and he, he looked like he was going to cry when he like put his head on the ground. I felt so, bad for him. Um, obviously busted. But yeah, yeah, this is one of those games. Like, I know people were laughing at the stuff Ricky said post game, and a lot of it was ridiculous. But the truth is, is like, yeah, like, they played goddamn tough to play as long as they did with, with 14 men, like from the 12th minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that, that, that event, that incident with Ricky Stewart is still being investigated by the integrity unit, apparently. So he could get in trouble for that. If people missed that, he walked out of the press conference without answering questions you, you because can't he said, keep uh, saying, I'm going to get fined. I mean, he, he's going to get fined for this because yes! it was, like, he definitely is. Um, oh dear. Uh, but you can't keep saying, if I was going to say what I want to say, they'd find me. So I'm not going to say it. But if I was going to say it, I'd say it and they'd find me. You can't keep saying that and repeat. It's like, yeah, they're going to find you because you're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Raiders will be fine if, as long as, I mean, I don't think, I mean, two of them were concussions. So they'll be back in a couple of weeks at worst. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing to panic about, really. I know it's a tough, I know it's a tough beat for them, but they'll be fine. They'll be okay, I think. Um, Ooh, but they were you, on fire for the first time. Yeah, they were, they were brilliant. Um, but if you thought, if you thought the Canberra performance with 14 was incredible, how do you rate the Sharks' performance on uh, in, in the late game? They made four interchanges in the whole game because they were down to 13 by halftime. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was a one-try game with 20 minutes to go. That, that Again, those are those things like... It's not very often fans can say they're proud of their team in, in a loss. I saw plenty, plenty of Sharks saying that. And you watch games like that, and you just like you don't understand why is there pressure on John Morris to keep his job. I don't understand it, man. He's getting he's gotten blood from stones for three years. I don't I don't get it. That team had every excuse, every excuse in that second half to get done by 40. And they went and out. And it there. blew open late, but you know, it was it was what 10 it was 10 6 with 10 minutes to go or something? Yeah, 11 minutes 10, to 4, go. Sorry. Yeah, they scored three tries, 11 minutes to go, and those were like exhaustion tries. Like yeah. the Regan had really a try that he kind of just pushing people out of the way. It's Once like Ferguson scored, the game was over. So yeah. at that point they you know, they gave up a little bit, but you know, to keep it to 10, four with 10 minutes left with again, no interchange players. And they lost Will Kennedy and Katoa. So two backs and they lost Wade Graham who could have covered a position you think. So it's like they had, they, they were stretched for versatility across the field as well. You thought they would have been t- t- torn apart. 
Uh, but yeah, that was a heroic performance by by the, the old Crown of Fellas down there. And uh, the Sharks, sorry, the Eels did lose Mitch Moses as well in this game. But, you know. Yeah. Like what, you could see, like Hamlin Ueli played 80. Aaron Woods played 80. You could see how knackered they were. Like, yeah. So the only, the only the only two second half comebacks of the year, by the way, and this isn't one of them. Two second half comebacks of the season: the Warriors. Warriors and the Broncos, and it both the other team had three players get injured. These rules don't do not uh, not conducive to comebacks. No, um, the team of the podcast. No, w- w- one thing before we no. move on, I want to shout out Mar- Nia Kore in the centers. What the hell? He's awesome there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's just he's one great. spot further out in the edge. <laughs> What's great. the difference? Uh, team of the podcast. Luke Brooks is back. The Dewey Decimal System is is playing like a man possessed, kicking goals as well. Um, yeah, unfortunately for the Knights, Mitchell Pierce's big milestone game was ruined. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the Knights anymore, but I did enjoy laughing at Mitch Pierce bottle being a bottler in his in his three hundred. And then, if there was a team of the podcast. If we were going to t- assemble a 13 of the antithesis of the podcast, Shibasaki is in that back line. Okay. And there he is bombing this game. The, when he did the Naruto run with the ball trapped onto his back was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen on an NRL field. That was incredible. Uh, I've said it before. My old joke was like, descendant of Japanese pearl diver doesn't respect the big round white thing his whole profession's based on. <laughs> but that's, that's it. it. He was... He was uh, Worse than Dylan Walker was against South. Yeah, we keep talking about the worst games of the like. Justin Olm had the worst moment of the season, but I think but this game might have the poor worst. old Shibasaki. I mean, the Knights they were they finally got ahead. They're like, look, they're going to win the game with, with twelve minutes to go, and then like a minute later, Shibasaki drops the ball mate, and the Tigers score off that scrum. Yeah, so scrum. Oh, there was a bunch of tries of scrums this weekend as well, by the way. But yeah, let's get yeah, rid of those. They're, 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 um, they're evil. Back to our jersey number thing. How much would you pay for a Dom Young 32 rookie jersey? The king. So and much. And I, I know he had a few rookie moments, but he didn't, they didn't want to play him. They just have no one left. Like they, they played him with injuries, and he still had good moments too. I believe in that talent, but I love it. A Dom Young 32. So Why was he, he wearing uh, 32? Did they explain it? Was it just that it was his size? He, or? Probably because he's giant. I'm guessing yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't have, they wouldn't have probably fit the other ones they'd cut. Like, I love, the, I love the idea named. of them trying, making him try on every jersey from eighteen to thirty-one, and having them not fit until they finally got to thirty-two. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. fantastic! Well, like, well, he was named the twenty-run, right? So you'd think they would have had a jersey that fit him already, but no. So he got thirty-two. I don't know. I love that. Uh, the Knights, like, they need some troops back. I think Tex Hoy has been so good. It's he gonna. Great. You have to feel like. Do you feel like you have to find a spot for him? When Kalen comes back, I don't know what spot that is, but he's he's been really good these first three games and deserves to be in the 17 somewhere. Maybe he plays on, on in the 14. Yeah, I mean we're all hoy boys here, so yeah, um, no arguments there. Uh the Titans beat the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. we're not done in that game yet. Frizzell's been good. Uh, Connor Watson, little man is back. Him and then he's the back. Titans, Peachy and Ruben Cotter. Little man's killing it at a hooker. But the Tigers, good to see the team in the podcast get a win. Good to see Joe Lailua actually turn up to reserve grade. Didn't think he'd do that, but he did turn up. Did he play well? I don't know. I haven't looked reviewed it yet. I'm just going to say yes. But yeah, the, the, the Tigers, yeah, they, they, this was the team we thought they could be. We saw in this game. We saw Dewey Decimal System have a good game. Dane Laurie was a, looks like the fantastic signing we thought he'd be. And yeah, like there. And then you had guys like Tommy Talao got stuck in. James Roberts looked likely on a few occasions. Yeah, they, 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 were, they were decent. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, big trouble. Big, big so, trouble. So, uh, yeah, I'm not like as I said before. I was in on you know, Peyton's so interesting in on what he was saying last year. Still, like, but already he's turned into cliches. He's already. Turned- you, I was going to say, do you feel right now like you know in Las Vegas Springfield where Homer's running around the floor like a chicken going whoop 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 whoop, and Mr. Burns says, "I'm beginning to think Homer Simpson isn't the mastermind I thought he was." Is that how you're feeling about Todd Payton right now? Yes. Okay. I've been hoodwinked. I've been bamboozled. <laughs> I mean, it's only been three games, but they've been diabolical, and this was atrocious. I don't want to talk about it. They feel like Jamal Fogarty's really good, and yeah. he's good at goal kicking as well. And Peachy at thirteen, as as Nick Campton said on this podcast, he's found Best his position. role. Who knew? But uh, yeah, Fogarty's good, but Fogarty, sorry, oh, my bad. Oh, how yeah, yeah. All good. But, uh, right. uh, and I have said it many a time, but Scott Drinkwater is the worst defender I've ever seen. He ever? Just, he's the worst I've ever seen. Sorry, worst regular first grader I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Because like, we've all seen guys come in and play one or two Barneys. Anytime he plays 5'8", he is disgusting defensively. I don't know what he's thinking, but he just is. That's why he doesn't play 5'8". 
He gets stuck doing his best. But uh, yeah, the, after the game when Josh Maguire was going on about he's been three years of this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody um, feels sorry for you, Josh. Uh, would you like to get into some rookie takes? Yes. Yes, I would. Fantastic. All right. So first up, uh, only fitting after we had NRL physio on here yesterday. Uh, the first one is not from him, but is a reply to him from uh, Dr. Amir Ibrahim. Uh, obviously, NRL physio put out a tweet after the Luke Curie injury saying that looks like an ACL as much as I hate to say it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Dr. Amir replied, hamstring, relax, people. Oof. See, I thought this was going to be... And this is the group of death, by the way. Rookie day. I've seen some of them already. This, I thought that was a clear winner, but this is a great week coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, he did double down as well afterwards. So uh, he said that. And then after Trent Robertson, uh, literally after the Trent Robinson press conference, uh, he said MRI when someone else said thoughts on this. So doubled down. Good on him. Uh, this next one comes from Adam Mobs. Uh, says, here comes the overcorrection. Felice Kafusi stays on the field last week. Daniel Saluka Fafita gets 10 in the bin tonight. Face palm emoji. He I mean, punched a man in the head, Adam. In the back of the head, on the ground. <laughs> a Mobs sounds like a made-up News Corp journalist. Like, oh. a, but... Uh, I that one I thought I saw that that had to be the winner. We saw that already. Then there this was is an this absolute other... group of death. Two, um, two in the same game. Next one <laughs> is on Reddit. Uh, it's after the Tom Eisenhuth incident where he got hurt. Uh, someone commented saying it should be legal against the Storm player, which I think was a joke. But then Sharks gonna shark replied saying Storm has shown over the years that they'll do anything legal and illegal they can get away with. It's poor form for them or their fans to complain about an injury caused by a legal hit. You reap what you sow. I mean, dumb. Not going to win, but dumb. Yeah, Eisenhuth. Yeah, when he when he if he misses a few weeks or say if it was affecting his season, don't complain, mate. You can't. You know. More on it. Um, this one I feel bad because it's from uh, Andrew Ferguson, and I use Rugby League Project every day of my life, and so do you. But uh, hey, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, I, uh, anyway, Jackson Hastings to the West Tigers. It's just another band aid. So far, so good. Tigers need someone like Mitchell Pierce. Experience can steer the side around the park. Decent enough kicking game, strong defender, and will allow an X-Factor type player to slot in at six and do the fancy shit. This would have been a great tweet if he wrote at the end and could band-aid over the cracks. If he wrote that at the end, like it was like a joke that I need to Mitch Pierce, it would have been great. Because that's a band-aid on a band-aid. Mitch yeah. Pierce is, but, oh, my God. No. Do these people watch games? I don't Do know. People watch, no one's watched Mitch Pierce for a decade, mate. Maybe it's true. Talk about what they think he is. Well, Andrew Johnson was a third best halfback of the decade this week. So, cool. Uh, last one's from Danny Wildler. Not him, but it's a quote from Bronson Cherry. Uh, he's told his followers he made one mistake and it's all gone. Quote, I was just a young kid that wanted to get back to doing what I love. So I cheated and it was fine. Um, they just let me cheat. Yeah. Uh, so last week's winner. So here's what happened. So we we conferred with a few people on, on the Patreon. Um we don't, I don't think it's in the spirit of the game for rape apologists to be a part of this and to, to be talked about again in the future and for us to keep bringing it up. So the one that got the most votes, which was objectively the worst opinion, was the guy defending Jared Hayne and saying, oh, what did the woman think she was going in there for? Blah, which we both agree is an, a, an objectively horrendous thing to say. But we decided that even though that got the most votes, we'd rather not talk about that again. And I think going forward, we're going to avoid having things of that nature in this competition because it's not fun to laugh no, at these people. Not. It's more just... You know, concerning that these people are out there and they and they and they walk and they walk among us and they have opinions like this. So, with that in mind, we've given instead last week's winner to the runner-up, which was the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, asking for their hot play of the week, uh, which oh, was of course God. between Nick Contridge's line break, getting their first penalty of the year, and uh, Kyle Flanning and Adam Elliott forcing a dropout. So they will go on to the finals. Oh, they're going to do that again this week. They didn't score yeah. a point again. We've got to keep a lookout for that. The hot moment of the week, mate. It, we, it, could, it could be a great one. <laughs> there was nothing Actually, positive is it, in last week's Is game. it on there now? Can we find it? While um, Do you want to find it while I give a quick shout out to all our Patreon subscribers? I'll have a look, mate. And if you want to support us on Patreon, all you got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash NRLBoomRookers. We've got another couple of new patrons this week. Uh, joining the Patreon will get you access to our Discord, which has been absolutely popping off. There's lots of great chat going on in there. You'll also get a stubby holder at some point. Uh, we started sending those out, I believe. They look great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we've got... Uh, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Adam White, Ando, Blake Wall, uh, Blake Moretti, Ben Wallace, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, 
Frankie, Harvey G, Jack G, Jack Snape, Jake Harper, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Old Mama Bear, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy. Uh, I think he's upgraded his subscription. Thank you, Swarzy. Ty, the not-so-mature-age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick O'Hearn. So thank you guys very much for your support. Um, we wouldn't be doing this without you. And if you do want to support us for as little as, I think, $2 a month, $3 a month, it's patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Um, before we get out of here, though, Mitch, um, uh, we, we are also floating the possibility of doing something in the flesh at magic round, unless, you know, COVID gets Brisbane shut down again. So if that's something you'd be interested in attending, we probably just do a function, something somewhere at a pub near Suncorp on probably, I think the Saturday at like lunchtime would be the most amenable time. It would be the time that makes the most sense. Uh, we'd probably be looking to secure a space for like 50 people or something and do something there. So if that's something you'd be interested in attending, uh, let us know on the discord or on, on Twitter or anywhere else. I'm just going to do the speeches from Judas and the and the Black Messiah and replace the word revolutionary with Kevolution. That's what the live show is going to be. Oh, good. <laughs> It'll just be screaming top of my lungs. Yeah. The, uh, okay. Anyway, the Bulldogs. Let's want to shake my head when you're reading those pages. Oh, they've done it out. again. Fantastic. They've done it again, and they just. <laughs> you don't realize how dark things are for Bulldogs fans <laughs> when your three best moments in the game is Nick Meaning diving out of the in goal after you've received the ball in the in goal. Nice bit of play. Dylan Arthur's shot when they were down by 24 points when he hit Ricky with like three minutes to go. And then Nick right. Meany returning a kick for 30 meters when they we we had scored like four tries. We kicked on like it was right at the end of the game. We kicked back infield trying to score a globe for a try. And he when he returned at 30 meters. Those are the three best moments. I'm surprised they didn't put the Adam Elliott line break in that there. Deserves I do, it. I do love that three. the top comment is the full-time siren for the second week in a row. <laughs> yeah. And I will take uh, a guess that next week the full-time siren will again be our play of the day. Oh, the poor yes, old doggies. The fans, like, how about poor Hitachi cooling and heating Australia? Just, just but, don't no. post it. Just do well, something else. Well, those do like poor the bastards. Hitachi throwback of the week or something uh, and they, talk yeah. about 1998 or some shit. I don't they, know. They pay for the sponsorship integration and they've got it. He said, surely like, next week they're like getting in the meeting. Just do something guys, else. Like, but I can't guess be associated with I mean, this anymore. There's, I mean, look, in saying that, there's a 0% chance you or I would have gone on the Bulldogs page for any other reason. So they got us to look at it. So. Yeah. yeah. Any publicity Bef- is good publicity. Before we wrap up, the one thing I want to talk about news-wise, because we won't talk about NRL Physio, which is before this, you would have heard it, but we're talking after this. Origin takes. The eligibility thing. We've spoken about this before on the podcast, and I've and I, I came I've come up with approaches like origin means X or Y to me, you know, and, and I'm 30 years old now. So it doesn't mean origin can't mean something else to someone else. I don't want to be stuck in the world where I think origin is only this because that's what it is to me. So I do believe there is an Australia that exists, that there is guys here like a Jerome Luai, for example, who grew up in Australia or whatever, and they want to represent their state. They have a state, they go for their state and they want to represent their country. I do believe in that. I don't like it. I don't like Tom while they're playing for Queensland. But I, about to say, I don't like it either because the weird thing about this push is Tom Lola was like totally ignoring ever played for New Zealand when he speaks. Paul Green thinks he's eligible, which was weird the way he speaks. Um, but the thing I don't like about it the most is that when I was trying to get my head around it, the quote I heard from Peter Volandis. So I was hearing these quotes and Tamalo saying, I'm a Queenslander, all that kind of stuff. And I believe some of the other guys want to do both. But then Peter Volandis has said, Origin TV ratings have been down in a decline for more than five years. And that's why we need to at least look at it. You know what other TV ratings are down? All of them. Everything Ugh. in the world. Because Ugh. people don't have TVs anymore, including me. Ugh. I haven't watched a football game on a television, apart from at the pub, in three years. So now I hate it. Yeah, Because like that's, again, it's like the same thing. He got bent over last year by Channel 9, who made had a record year somehow, and... They got a discount on their deal. And they went and signed Union and whatever. It's like, you're really going to change the rules of origin because Channel 9 want more ratings out of the thing that rates the most on TV in the country? The oh, highest dear. rating thing on TV every year? You want it's more literally ratings? literally the highest rating thing on television. So um, the rate, the, that's, 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 ugh, TVs are getting turned off, Bungard, as you said. The t- ratings are only ever going down. They have peaked for lifetime. They're going down. You, and think, we're ever, anyway. you think America's ever going to get back to 100 million people watching a TV finale like they did for MASH or Seinfeld? No, of course not. It's never going to happen again. 
ever. Ever, and, ever, 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 ever. And no one who doesn't watch Origin now, who has a ratings box again, who has a ratings box, there's not some bunch of Islanders who are going to turn on with a ratings box in their house, okay? Well, also, Oztam, the process is very, um, what's the word, Anglo-centric and, and, and xenophobic a lot of the time. Like, it's they what, go out of their way to not get people from diverse backgrounds. So, I don't know how this would help. There's zero, again, NITV rate zero. So, that's what I was going to say. There's no random Islander family with an Oz 10s box waiting to turn Origin on when Tamalolo gets it, gets you run, because that's just not how this works. I would that's love to know different. a single person in the world who is not watching Origin who's going to go, oh, well, Jason Tamalolo is playing now. I'll chuck it on. Yeah. Is there a single person? What's the cross section between people who know who Jason Tamalolo is and don't watch State of Origin? Yeah. And there has to be almost zero. And they go back to that vacuum analysis of, oh, if, if Sonny Bill played Origin. Oh, well. Well, he didn't. He didn't, and that's Who gone. Cares? Yeah, so that's when I've, tur- I've turned on the thought process once it turned into that, because it just, Channel 9 are not the game, mate. And I know like, their broadcast partner and all that, and they have invested a lot in the game for a long time, but they're responsible of Origin ratings as well. They're responsible to boost those ratings. Talmud is a lazy way but of do- trying to do that. They're not the ones calling for it, though. They're not. They're lazy way of doing that. But also, what there is a world in two years, the channel line might one day just pull away from the game. Stop. And boosting the ratings, again, that's the, that's the wrong thinking. You have to think about, yes, you want more eyes watching the game. It's not just TVs anymore. If you want more watching the game, for example, how about you making it much easier to access around the world than here? How about you stop block, flagging every single highlight someone posts that's not from an NRL account on the internet? Stop doing that. My one of my one of our oh former guest host Matty Warwick, who's just moved to Orlando because he's got signed by WWE, was like he's asked me he's like, how am I going to watch the games? I said, mate, I said get a VPN and just use my KO login because watch NRL now costs you a week's salary or something. So it's just don't. ridiculous. There's that. And then it's on like Fox soccer, I believe mm. like once or twice a week. That's it. Like even a good friend, Matt Coleman's over in Qatar now and sky only has three games a week. So terrible. Um, terrible. Just, but, I don't know. Yeah, ridiculous. Like it, costs, right. it literally costs them more now to watch it from overseas. Cause if you had Telstra last year and KO now it's $5. So I get the NRL all year for 60 bucks. Pretty good. Not, not if deal. you don't live here. <laughs> um, and if you do, if you do live here and benefit uh, from a generously uh, affordable NRL subscription, might not put that extra money into your old pal Bungarden Doyle's pockets. Maybe something <laughs> to think about. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash NRL Open Rookies. All right. Uh, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>